this morning. Um, you got me, so bear with me. Thank you guys for being here. Um, the last time that I got to, to talk to you guys about the Word of God more in depth was uh, a while back we talked in Deuteronomy, and today we're going to be in Deuteronomy again, kind of taking a break from this Psalms uh, study that we're doing. But, uh, but the Lord has me in Deuteronomy and preparing for some other things, and this just happens to be uh, a really cool passage that I was in, and I, and I wanted to bring to you what, what God was showing me. So um, today's message is brought to you by the Word. Um, praise the Lord. Uh, not, not by me, but by the Word. And uh, we're going to be talking about a near word this morning. So you'll see uh, what I'm talking about here in a minute, but Man, we are desperate to hear from the Lord, right? I, you don't want to hear from me this morning. We never want to hear from, from men. We don't show up at church for that. We, we show up because we want to hear from the Lord. And I pray that, that you would hear a word from the Word himself. Uh, you know, hear a word about the Word. And, uh, man, I don't know if anybody still uses this, but, man, somebody may be thinking, like, Word? You know, I don't know if anybody uses that still, but it means that I agree, right? I agree. Right, right. Okay, so, uh, man, we're going to pray. I need it. We all need it. So let's do that. Uh, Heavenly Father, thank you so much for an opportunity to, uh, to look at your word, to consider what you have to say, to consider your thoughts and your ways. Heavenly Father, I pray that you would speak to us this morning. Please set me aside, and please help me to just say what you want me to say. Uh, Father, that we would be, um, man, just edified by, by what you have for us. Father, please help us to... Just put away all distractions, anything that would, that would stop us from hearing from you this morning, Lord, and just uh, please speak to our hearts and, and our minds, Lord, help us to, to be conformed by what you have to say. Uh, Lord, I just thank you for this time that we have together, and I thank you for giving us your word. Thank you that it's near to us, and that, Father, I didn't have to go far to, uh, to get a word from you. Uh, Father, I love you, and lift us up in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, guys, so uh, Deuteronomy. In uh, case you weren't here last time, just want to briefly uh, go over just the, uh, the context of Deuteronomy, kind of the history here. So Deuteronomy is the fifth book of the, uh, what they would consider the Pentateuch, the first five books of the Bible in the Old Testament. These were all like the, the law of Moses, the things, the books that Moses wrote about. And by the time we get to this fifth book, man, um, God's people have been through a lot. And um, we read about in, in Genesis going into Exodus and all this about how the children of Israel were, you know, captive in Egypt and they were enslaved and they had been, uh, man, just just going through it. And they cried out and, and God heard them and he delivered them from Egypt. He brought them out using Moses and uh, just as their leader. Right. And so Moses had this awesome responsibility and this awesome opportunity to, to be the leader of God's people. And through that, he got to see the miraculous things that God can do. They witnessed God's power. They've witnessed so many amazing things. But yet the people complained and they murmured and they turned from the Lord many times. And then the Lord would, you know, he'd get upset with that. And, and Moses, would, Moses would plea and say, no, Lord, please, you know, continue to help us, okay, and then he'd go back and forth, and they just had this struggle in the wilderness for 40 years, right? And God said to the generation that was in the wilderness that had been brought out of Egypt as they're traveling in the wilderness, going to this promised land that God had said, I will give them, because he had promised this to Abraham and Isaac and Jacob. Um, man, he told that first generation that came out that they're actually not going 
to go into the promised land, but it would be the next generation after them, right? And so what we see is as they are preparing, as this first generation that was actually brought out of Egypt, as they're dying off and their children now are getting ready to enter this promised land that the Lord had, uh, had promised, Moses is now giving the law of the Lord again. Deuteronomy is considered like the, the second giving of the law. In fact, the, the name, the Hebrew name for this book, and I'm going to probably butcher this, but it's something like Hadeb Harim, something like that in Hebrew. If there's anyone that speaks Hebrew, help me out. Um, but the meaning is the words. And what we see in the opening of Deuteronomy is the words that Moses spake unto Israel on this side of the Jordan in the wilderness. So we're talking about the words today. We're talking about the words that Moses spake, which we know the Lord had given him to speak to the children of Israel. And he's helping to get them prepared, right? He's reminding them of what had happened in the past, and he's telling them this is what's going to happen in the future. Here are the things that you need to follow in order to be in a place of blessing with the Lord, in order to fellowship with the Lord, in order to actually be close to the Lord, these are the things that you need to pay attention to. And then he also gives them the warning of, if you don't follow this, here's the, the cursings that come with that as well. So they had a choice to make. But as we get to Deuteronomy chapter 30, which is where we'll be today, if you want to be turning there, we're going to just consider these, these words that, that Moses was speaking to them and, and consider the word that God had. Verse 11. And read through 14. So Deuteronomy chapter 30, verses 11 through 14. We'll just read through this and let's just consider at this point, you know, Moses has told them a lot of stuff, okay? And the words that he was speaking to them, they were near, okay? So uh, Deuteronomy 30, verse 11 through 14. So it says, For this commandment, which I command me this day, it is not hidden from thee, neither is it far off. It is not in heaven that thou shouldest say, Who shall go up for us to heaven, and bring it unto us, that we may hear it, and do it? Neither is it beyond the sea, which thou shouldest say, Who shall go over the sea for us, and bring it unto us, that we may hear it, and do it? And verse 14, this will be our, our focal verse. But the word is very nigh unto thee, in thy mouth, and in thy heart, that thou mayest do it. This verse really stood out to me. Um, and as I'm thinking through this, you know, I can't help but think, well, the Word of God is close, right? Like, it is, it's super close to us. And, and one of the, the key points for the, this, uh, this message here is that we can't get close to God without getting close to the Word of God. And I just want to consider that this morning. You know, we have, I, I have with me a Bible. I also have my phone, which has a Bible app. And man, it, it is literally, physically, it is close to us, right? I can carry it with me. I can take it in my backpack. I can keep it with me close by, right? A lot of us probably keep one on like a nightstand or somewhere at home. It's close by, right? So it is close. And in verse 11 there, you know, he points out that it's not hidden. The word is actually not hidden from them. It's not hidden from us. Verse 12 and 13 talk about that it's not in heaven, that anyone would need to go up and get it, bring it down. It's also not across the sea that anyone would need to go and, and get it from there, but it's actually right here. It's accessible, and we have it, okay? Simple concept, I know. I'm not blowing anybody's mind here, but just consider. It is close. 
But how close are we to the word, right? And so I just want to consider this this morning, you know, are we so close to the word that it's actually in our mouth that we allow it to get to our heart and penetrate our heart? Is that how close we are to the word? And do we allow it to get that close? I feel like there are times in my life where I have ignored the things that are right in front of me. I'm sure we've all done it. We've all been guilty of it. And I know, man, unfortunately, I, I am a distracted person. Um, and there are times, even with my wife, man, who loves me and who I love and I want to be with, and she's close to me, and I want to be close to her, but I'll even kind of ignore her when I get really busy sometimes, and I'm running around, and, I, and I'm focused on something else, and I'm being busy, right? We've all been there, just have busy seasons in life, but my wife, who's right there with me, who loves me and wants to, to dwell with me and wants to spend time, I'm not paying attention to her, Right? Maybe we've been there. Maybe it's a spouse. Maybe it's a friend. Whoever it is, it's, they're right there, right? Just like the Word of God, it's right there. But maybe we just don't have time for it. Maybe we're a little bit too busy to actually get into the Word and allow it to, to get in our hearts and do all that. But I, I just want us to consider uh, another verse here uh, this morning, James 4, verse 8. Uh, the first part of this here, it says, Draw nigh to God, and He will draw nigh to thee, right? I love this verse because it's something that I've had to go back to many times when I think about, I want to be close to God. Well, yeah, I just need to draw close. He's always there. The Word of God's always here. I can always draw closer, but that's on me. It's my decision, right? So, you know, this, this promise is from Scripture that if we draw close to God, that, you know, He will draw close to us. Now, the Word is also, this is, the Word is close. And this is from verse 14 here in Deuteronomy 30. It says the Word is very nigh. It is very close to us, right? But how can we be close to God without being close to his word? And I submit to you that we cannot. A drawing nigh to God is actually drawing close to his word. And so, you know, so let's consider that. So how close are we? And, um, and in this, you know, I think it's important to, to think about how important the word of God actually is to us. And something that I have, I've thought about before, and, and Carla kind of pointed this out to me before years ago, is that Man, like an effective way of figuring out how important something is to us is try to imagine living without it. How would life look without the Word of God? What if the Lord had taken His Word from us? What if people had it a long time ago and He decided, you know what, you're not really using it. You're not really drawing close to me. You're not really allowing my Word to get into your heart and in your mouth. So I'm going to take it from you. And what if that was the case, right? So this is, uh, I'm going to go ahead and, and get rid of the word real quick here. And instead of the word of God this morning, we're going to read from my notebook. Bear with me. This is just an example. I promise I'm not doing this the whole time. But man, okay, so we're holding church this morning, right? And I had a diary that I've been keeping. And a hundred years ago, the word of God was taken from everyone. Nobody actually has that anymore. But I, I wrote down some things in my journal that I heard about my, my grandparents had spoke about, and they had heard from their parents. And, and so I wanted to share with you some thoughts that they had told me. And I'm glad that you guys came this morning so that you could hear a word from God, right? Um, so they told me about this passage, and I thought it was really neat. And it said something like, sanctify them through thy word. Thy word can be true, 
And I thought that was kind of neat that, man, at one point people had God's word and it could be true, right? Or maybe it said something like, it might be the truth. So I don't know if that helps you guys, but it helped me to kind of consider that something that God said at one point may have been true, right? And, uh, and I know that we've had a lot of arguments lately about the word of God. And, and since we don't really know what it says because we don't have it anymore, um, man, I know there's been a lot of arguing and uh, a lot of misquoting, okay? Um, but just to bring you guys some comfort, you know, from my studies and what I've heard about God, um, I think he would probably want us to, to not fight about this. And I think he would probably say something to us along the lines of, don't worry, guys, it's going to be okay. Just, just pull yourself together. You can do it. All right? So that's a word from the Lord. Thank you guys for joining. Have a wonderful day. Amen. All right, so that's whack. Everybody knows that's, that's just, that's trash, man. Nobody wants to hear that. All right, that's not why we come to church. And praise the Lord, that is not the case, that he has not taken his word. But can you imagine, man, what if we held church like that? I mean, people misquote the scripture a lot anyway, but at least we have a way to verify what it actually says. So actually, I'm not sure that's what that verse said. I'm pretty sure it says, sanctify them through thy word. Thy word is truth. In John 17, 17, thy word is truth. It's not that it can be or that it might be or we hope it is. It actually is. So praise the Lord, right? It's a silly example, but you get what I'm saying, right? Living without that. Man, when you kind of can see, I mean, just in that glimpse, does anybody want to come back to church after that, man? Probably stay home and sleep in, no problem. Um, so I'm just trying to trying to share with you guys, man, this is, this is where I had to put myself in a place where I was trying to imagine my life without the Word of God, right? But it is close, and, you know, real comfort comes from the Word of God in places like Psalms, man, where we have, you know, started to spend some time in lately, and, and man, they're just wonderful passages that bring comfort to me, like Psalm 46, verse 1, that God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble, Right? Psalm 55, 22, cast thy burden upon the Lord, and he shall sustain thee. He shall never suffer thee, the righteous, to be moved. And man, what do we do when we're worried? Well, man, Philippians 4, 6 through 7, be careful for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, let your request be made known unto God. Man, and the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, shall keep our hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Praise the Lord for verses like that. I've got to use those verses to bring comfort to me and to others in times of need, right? I'm so glad that I have that because God's words are so much better than my words. You know, telling someone like, hey, you got this, man. Go for it, bud. That's not it. That's really not that comforting. Anybody can say that, but that doesn't mean anything. But hearing from the Lord, man, praise the Lord for that. So anyway, let's take advantage of the word being nigh to us, right? Man, without it, we're lost. Psalm 105, I'm sorry, 119, verse 105 tells us the word is a lamp unto our feet. It's a light unto our path, right? Literally our darkness without it. So let's consider this, man. Another thing to consider with this whole, like, how close are we to, to the word and is it important to us is, man, that we must love the word. And man, I'm so grateful. I've had an opportunity to, to read through the Keys of Bible Study book that Mark Trotter wrote. And the book opens with the first chapter talking about the most important key to Bible study is the key of David. And man, I'm not going to requote everything that, that Trotter has said. Man, I encourage you to read if you haven't read it, but it is so awesome to, to consider the love that 
David had for God's word. You know, and, and real quick, in Deuteronomy, earlier here, in Deuteronomy chapter 6, uh, verses 4 and 5, it says, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord, and thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thine heart, with all thine soul, with all thy might. And so they're commanded, and we're commanded the same thing. You know, Jesus speaks about this as well in Matthew. I'm sorry, well, Matthew as well, but also Mark, uh, verse 12. I'm sorry, chapter 12, getting all tripped up here. Verse 29 through 30, one of the scribes is asking Jesus about what is the most important commandment, right? And Jesus tells him that thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, with all thy mind, with all thy strength. This is the first commandment. We know it's not first in order, but it's first as far as importance. This is huge, right? So it's reiterated for us. And again, as we look through this, this Keys of Bible Study book, I just wanted to point something out that I thought was just so cool. You know, in Scripture, there's only one person that God refers to as a man after his own heart, and that's David. That's King David. And, and man, we were talking about David earlier, the, you know, Psalm 51, and looking at this man's life. But, but he was a man after God's own heart. And why was that? And what we, what we learn is that it's David's heart attitude towards the Word of God and his passionate love for the Word of God. You know, there's only a couple places where, where David actually proclaims his love for God and says, I love the Lord, right? But there's way more evidence of him loving God's Word, and it's just repeated over and over again, especially in Psalm 119, man, which is just an awesome psalm about the Word of God. And David is just pouring his heart out to the Lord about how he loves the commandments and his precepts and his testimonies and his judgments and everything. And so it just kind of gives us a glimpse into, I mean, if God's saying, this guy's after my own heart, well, man, David loved God, and he loved the God of the Word because he loved the Word of God, right? And I just, man, I'm so thankful for Trotter pointing that out. Man, uh, it's just... It just really, to me, man, that, that hit my heart. It's like, man, do I love the Word of God? Like I say I do sometimes, but do I really? Do we really? Do we love the Word of God like that, right? And so, so again, Deuteronomy 30, 14, the Word is very nigh unto thee, and thy mouth and thy heart, that thou mayest do it. And the next point that I'd like to talk to is uh, the Word of God, right? The Word in our mouth is good. So, so what is in our mouth, right? And there have been a lot of messages about this. This is not going to be an all-exhaustive study. But just to, to remind us this morning about what is in our mouth. And, and man, is, is it murmuring and complaining? Is that what's in our mouth? Like we talked about the children of Israel, man. They, they saw God's miracles. They witnessed it. They were there. And then it didn't take long for them to start complaining about things and murmuring. And the Lord heard that and displeased him. In fact... Numbers 11, verse 1, it says, When the people complained, it displeased the Lord, and the Lord heard it, and his anger was kindled, and the fire of the Lord burnt among them and consumed them that were in the uttermost parts of the camp. 1 Corinthians 10.10 speaks of this as well. It says, Neither murmur ye as some of them also murmured, and were destroyed of the destroyer. So obviously God doesn't like it. Uh, he's not, a, he's not a, a fan of our complaining and our murmuring. And uh, I, don't think that, I don't think that we do either. I don't really know anybody personally that likes complaining. And it's like, hey, can you complain to me for a little bit? I just I love hearing that, man. Please. And, and so, man, I, I, I think about this. And, man, there, there have been some people in my life lately, like some coworkers and stuff, that just complain a lot. And I'm like, man, 
when I talk to them, I just want to ask them, hey, what's good, right? And maybe, maybe you know somebody that's come up to you and said, like, that's, that's their lingo, right? Hey, what's good, man? I want to know what's good. Like, I don't want to ask you what's good and then hear what's bad. Hey, what's good, man? Oh, everything's terrible in life, man, this and that. No, 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 what's good? And what is good? Does anybody know? Jesus, that's the word of God. Yes, man, exactly. That's good. Let me hear about that. What's God showing you? That's good. What does God's word say? That's good. Let's talk about that for a minute, man. And what we know from, from God's word as well is that, you know, what is coming out of our mouth should be edifying. Ephesians 4.29 tells us, let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth, but that which is good to the use of edifying, to building one another up, right? That it may minister grace unto the hearers. Man, some, our Psalm 119, verse 103, tells us how sweet are thy words unto my taste, yea, sweeter than honey to my mouth, right? So the words of God being in our mouth, it's actually, it's sweet, man, it's good. And uh, man, our, our brother Nate Fife um, brought a message a few Tuesdays ago talking about this, this whole idea of the matters of the mouth, right? And, and I was, you know, it was just so good to, to hear it and to consider it and to, to pray about it because I know, whoop, the matters in my mouth, sorry for hitting this thing. Um, man, we consider the things that come out of our mouth. I know that I am guilty of not always having good things come out of my mouth, right? Um, I'd be lying to you if I said that I never complained. In fact, uh, the Lord has had to work on me in that area a lot in my life, and I'm thankful for it. But it was the Word of God that helped to change that, right? It was seeing God's perspective on that that helped me to change that, right? And, uh, man, the key point that, that my brother Nate Fife brought to us that Tuesday was that our mouths should be a conduit for grace, sweetness, encouragement, and the gospel. And I just thought that was so awesome. Like, man, that's, that's what should be in our mouth, right? And so this is just a reminder, guys. You guys know this stuff. But man, I also am working on this new product. Uh, it's, it's actually going to be a mint. It's a Word of God mint. And, uh, and what I'm trying to get here is, you know, I don't really have the slogan down quite yet, but, you know, W-O-G mint, like a wog mint, right? So augment your mouth with a wog mint today. And I'm going to start selling these next weekend, hopefully. Um, but for real, man, like, don't you want to offer someone a word of God meant sometimes? Like, it's just filthiness in their mouth. Like, hey, man, would you like, you know, I think we can outdo Altoid, man. I think we can do that. But, but consider that, man. Like, and man, there are times even too, like for me, I'm like, I wake up in the morning and I haven't had a chance to get into the word. And I just had nothing good to say, man. I need a wog mint, man. I need one of those bad. You know, it's not even just morning breath. It's beyond that, right? And, and I know that my wife would just, man, she would love it if I'd go ahead and, and, and take one of those in the morning and maybe the afternoon, the evening as well. And, and that's, but that's what we want in our mouths, right? That is what we want. So in the next point here, again, verse 14 there in Deuteronomy 30, the word is very nigh unto thee, it's in thy mouth and in thine heart, right? So the word... And our heart is needed. When we consider what is in our heart, is it good? Um, man, well, the Bible has something to say about that too. When we actually consider the heart, is that, man, like if we look back at Genesis 6 5, it says, And God saw the wickedness of man who was great in the earth, and that every imagination of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. 
That's pretty brutal, man. What about Matthew 15, verses 18 through 19? It says, you know, Jesus is speaking about things that we put in us and if it defiles us. And he says, but those things which proceed out of the mouth come forth from the heart and they defile the man. For out of the heart proceedeth evil thoughts, murders, adulteries, fornication, thefts, false witness, blasphemies. It's like, whoa, hold on a second. That's all coming from the heart? So that is actually what the heart is capable of producing. That's what the heart is capable of having in it, right? But we can also have the word in our heart. It doesn't have to be that, doesn't have to be that dark and those, those terrible things. But man, you know, consider in Deuteronomy 6, you know, we talked about um, in Deuteronomy 6, 5 earlier, where Moses is telling them to love the Lord thy God with all thine heart and all thy soul with all thy might. In verse 6, it says, And these words which I command thee this day shall be in thine heart. The words that I'm telling you are actually going to, they're going to be in your heart. And why? Well, verse 7, And thou shalt teach them diligently unto thy children, shalt talk of them when thou sittest in thine house, and when thou walkest by the way, and when thou liest down, and when thou risest up. So we see that when the word is in our heart, that we get to teach others, right? That's a good thing. That's what's going to come out of our mouth at that point, because it's in our heart, and it'll come out of our mouth. We get to teach others, and that's what we can talk about. Man, whether we're, we're waking up and going out to work or, you know, walking by the waterway, because, you know, back then, I guess they had more, like, streams and cool stuff to walk around and, and hang out by. No matter, no matter where you are, though, we can talk about the Word of God, right? That... It could be in our heart that we would teach others, that we would speak about that, that good would actually come from our heart as well. You know, Psalm 119, verse 11 tells us, Thy word have I hid in mine heart, that I might not sin against thee. Guys, I was saved years ago, but I never really studied the Bible. I never really considered God's word and what it had to say about my life and the things that, that I needed to know. And I didn't know that I needed to hide the Word of God in my heart in order to not sin against the Lord. And so as a young saved man, I sinned against the Lord all the time. And I didn't, know how to, I didn't know how to combat that. I didn't know how to overcome that. And I would pray about it. Say, God, please help me. Please help me. Please help me. And he's like, dude, I gave you my Word. Just go there. But I didn't know. And I didn't pay attention to that. And it was far from me at that point in my life. But when I finally allowed God's Word to come into my heart and dwell there... That is when I finally, for the first time in my life, I finally had victory over sin, man. I was like, what, what is going on here, man? 1 Corinthians 10.13 tells us, There is no temptation taken you, but such as is common to man. But God is faithful who will not suffer you to be tempted above that you are able. But will with the temptation also make a way to escape that ye shall be able to bear it, Right? I hold that in my heart because I need it, guys. We need it. We need these promises. And, and if we're ever going to be able to overcome sin and, and different issues in our lives and depression and different things that are hard, like we've got to have the Word of God. That's what encourages us, right? Like I spoke about earlier, that's where we get these words that actually matter. And we can hide them in our heart and have victory over these things. So, that is, so the Word is nigh. It is in our mouth. It's in our heart. And the last point here is that we may do it. Like our brother John talked about this morning, man, we don't want to just be hearers of the word. We want to be doers also, man. James 1.22. Right? The whole reason we're getting close to the word, the whole reason we're letting it in our mouth and letting it in our heart and letting it stay there, man, and spending time in the word, the whole reason we're doing this, guys, 
is so we can do it. God wants us to follow the things that he told us to do. He didn't give us his word just, you know, for nothing, man. It's because he wants us to know. He wants us to know him. He wants us to know what we're supposed to be doing. And, and so, man, we can follow these things. And, and something that we get to be a part of is actually teaching others the word of God. You know, we call it discipleship, right? Second Timothy 2.2, 2, the things that, we, that you've heard among me, among many witnesses, the same commit thou to faithful men who shall be able to teach others also. Part of the great commission is to go to all nations and to teach them the things that Jesus told them, right? The things that were taught. You're supposed to take those and teach others also. And that's so awesome. But how can you teach it if it's not in your heart and if it's not in your mouth? We don't have anything to teach that's worthwhile. So we want to teach someone about God, man, well, get the word in you. That's what they're going to learn from, right? And because of that, we have an ability to be close to the Lord. You know, Jesus talks about it in, in the Gospels, man. And, um, John eight twelve. you know, he speaks unto them, saying that I'm the light of the world. He that followeth me shall not walk in darkness, shall have light of life. And we know from 1 John 1, 7, but if we walk in the light as he, in the light, as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another, and the blood of Jesus Christ, his Son, cleanseth us from all sin. Man, just walking with Jesus in that light, walking in the commandments, walking in the Word, with the Word, right? That is how we get to have fellowship, man. We can actually have fellowship with God and with one another because of that, because of the Word. But we have to do it. We can't just know what the Word says. If we're not doing it, we don't actually have fellowship, guys. We don't actually get to be close with the Lord and how can we, man? How can you be close with anybody if you ignore them all the time, right? And the biggest reason that I wanted to bring this point up as well is because, man, the Word saves us, right? The Word saves us. And if there's nothing else that we get from the Word of God, praise the Lord that the Word saves us. And First Peter talks about this, man, about being born again by the Word of God, right? that we are saved by the Word of God. It is the Word by which the Gospel is preached unto you. So there's a really cool parallel passage in Romans 10 that I'd like to consider for just a moment. You know, we're talking about the Word being nigh and how it's in our mouth and in our heart that we may do it. If we look to Romans 10, Paul's quoting Moses here, and he's saying in verse 8, But what saith it? The word is nigh thee, even in thy mouth and in thy heart. That is the word of faith which we preach. In verse 9, that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, shalt believe in thine heart that God raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. Verse 10, for with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. How important is it that those words were in our heart and in our mouth at the point where we got saved. That's literally what saved us. If we didn't believe in our heart what the word was saying and believe that, that Jesus actually came down to earth as a man and lived a sinless and perfect life that we could not, and he died to take the penalty of all of our sins, and he was buried, and three days later he rose again. If we didn't believe that in our heart, and if we don't confess that word with our mouth, if that word isn't coming out of our mouth, we're not saved, man. That's how important this whole heart and mouth issue is, man. And that is the gospel. Praise the Lord for that, man. That is the promise of Scripture as well there in verse 9. Thou shalt be saved if we do that. It's not a maybe. It's not something that we have to guess about. It is a promise. 
And so that's the gospel, man. That is the gospel. And Romans lays it out well for us, Romans 3.23, that all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, right? We know that from Scripture, that all of us have sinned. We're all in that same place. And that Romans 6.23, the wages of sin is death. Guys, we know this stuff. But consider that. This is the word. And it let us know. God told us. He said, hey, I know you guys messed up, but I made a way. Jesus, the way, the truth, and the life, I made a way for you. Just consider my word. Draw close to my word. And man, you can be saved. You can have fellowship with me, right? Guys, again, this is nothing groundbreaking, but man, I just, I pray that we're considering this. Man, when we share the word of faith with others, it's not something that's far away, man. It's right here. I can, I can walk up to you with the word in my hand and I can share with you the word of faith. We can give someone an opportunity to know truth and not in even our own words. We can read it straight from God. What did God say about your salvation? What does God say about your sin issue? What does God say about the issues that you're dealing with in life? What does he say about all the chaos that's going on in the world? Man, let's take a look. God told us, and we can draw nigh unto that. So, man, again, the key points here, man, we can't get close to God without getting close to his word. And the word in our mouth, it is good. The word of God in our mouth it is good. I should clarify that. And then the word being in our hearts, it is needed. And the word in us, man, when it's actually in us, we're able to do what God has told us to do, and we're able to be close to him, right? So as a wrap-up, I just want us to consider a few things, man. Where is the word for you? Where is it in your life? Is it in your mouth? And when you're considering that, maybe think about the person that you know that's close to you. Would they say that of you? Would your spouse, would your best friend, would they tell you that? Hey, man, you know, the word's in your mouth. I appreciate that. Thank you for having that walkment this morning, man. I really appreciate that. What about, is it in your heart, man, so that when you are dealing with different things in your life, you've got this in your heart, this word, this promises that you can hold on to and that help you in, in hard times, right? But also in times of rejoicing, man, there's so much rejoicing to be done. There's so many praises to give God, and that's all in his word too. But perhaps you've never been close to the word. I think in a group like this, most of you, I know, pretty close to the Word. But maybe it's been a little bit since you've been close. Maybe you were close to the Word. But maybe you, you haven't been for a while. Maybe it's just kind of seeming off. And I know there are times that I go through where I get real busy and, and I forget to get close. I forget to draw nigh to the Word, to draw nigh to God, right? And things just feel off. But I'd like to invite you this morning to really consider just how accessible God's Word is and to remember the importance of it in your life. And man, if you can imagine living without it, and if that scares you, if that's a, if that's a thought like, whoa, dude, this is, I don't want, okay, well, man, okay, what are we going to do in response to that, right? What are we going to do in response to knowing that the Word of God is actually that close? So if you're feeling distanced, you know, perhaps we've distanced ourselves from the Word. And, and, and there's an opportunity this morning, this is just a reminder, guys, Take some time to draw close to the Word of God. It's always there, man, and praise the Lord for that. And whatever you're struggling with, man, you know, God's got something to say about anything. I've, I haven't 
you know, had a time where I've come across something in my life that the Word of God didn't have something to say about it. And I'm thankful for that. So, man, thank you guys for hanging out with me this morning. I pray that we can seriously consider this. And, you know, next week as we get back into the Psalms and we're, we're talking about just different, you know, different issues that we deal with and that we can see throughout the Psalms, whether it's, you know, praising the Lord or whether it's going through a hard time, man, that even just the book of Psalms, if that's the only book that you ever read, it's got so much there, guys. But anyway, praise the Lord for, for what he's given us and that his word is closed. Heavenly Father, I just want to thank you for an opportunity to be with my brothers and sisters this morning. I thank you for your word being close to us. Lord, I pray that if it's been a while since we've been close to your word, if it's been never that we've been close to your word, that, Father, that you would help us to draw close to that, that we would draw close to your word, and through that we would see you, Father. Through that we would get to see your face and who you are. And as we learn about who we are and what you want from us and how we can dwell with you and how you want us to live, Father, you would change our hearts, that your word would be in our mouth, that it would be in our heart, and that we would actually do what you tell us to do, Father, that it wouldn't just be understanding and, and getting head knowledge, but Father, that we would actually get to do that so that we can be in the place where you are. Heavenly Father, I ask this for all of my brothers and sisters, and Lord, I love you and ask in Jesus' name. Amen.